Because, like, hot dog, baby. Do you know that feeling when everyone is talking about a movie that you haven't seen? Have you ever felt compelled to make some vague comments just so you can join in the conversation? Well, what if you were in too deep? Do you think you could convince everyone that you'd seen it? Or do you think your version would be so much better that no one would care? Here at Faking Movies, we're always the ones who haven't seen the movie. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Oh, you can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Faking Movies. This is episode 153. I believe my dear friend Seth uh, just full-mouthed a potato with <laughs> butter on it. Um, it's just a pat of butter. The first... Not yeah, the first time we've seen this in this month, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just an actual, just a chunk of butter. You're, I know everybody is thinking like, oh, and he put a little butter. No, he has slices. Oh God, of it's going butter. back for seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so grotesque. You waited twelve minutes mm-hmm. more than that <laughs> yeah. to eat the food that you had sitting in front of you after a long day of work. Yeah. Also, I saw you walk into your room. Did you do close-up magic to get those potatoes in without any of us <laughs> seeing it? Like, where did those manifest from? I mean, yeah, you saw me walk into the room, but they were hidden in nature's pocket. Oh, your butthole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Okay. And then I just ping-ponged them out. <laughs> wow. Just All right. Asked them out. <laughs> so I think that's an answer for how our dear friend Seth is feeling. <laughs> Zach, after this revelation, how are you feeling? You know, bud, I'm glad you asked. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, I've been subsisting just barely this week on a lot of the catering show, uh, K-A-T-E. Oh, God, it's oh, yeah. so good. So fucking good. Dear audience, watch all of that it's, at the same time. It's like five years old, but still. It is. Mm-hmm. It is just chef's kiss perfect. I think though. it's only like 14 episodes, and none of them are more than yes. like 10 minutes, so. Yes, it's amazing. It's all on YouTube. And then, uh, my week took a real turn yesterday when Riverdale came out with a musical episode in which they did five songs from Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and baby, I've been fucking flying since then. (laughs) I have a new lease on life. (laughs) Like, pandemic, be damned. I don't give a fuck anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you really Uh, seem to be having a dark week uh, earlier this week. It's not not been great, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's been a lot of drinking, unfortunately, yeah. Okay, so, and that was my question. Was was the drinking related to the darkness, or was the darkness caused by the drinking? Yeah, the latter. It's drinking to excess and then just being sad because I'm trapped inside and hungover and Mm -hmm. everything is terrible. Gotcha. Yeah, I know that feeling. Now, if you... Just dig that goddamn pond in your backyard yeah. like I keep telling you to. Fuck. Did, I did get Erica a paddleboard for Christmas. I could just stand on that all day. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> or you, you dig the pond and you put the, the dock out there in the pond, and now it's right. kind of like you have a boat. Yeah. Or yeah. you telework from your paddleboard. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like Where you get boat, like a man? music stand, like a really tall music stand, and have it on the oh. edge, and then you're like long arm reaching while you're trying to balance on the paddleboard as you type. Yeah. This sounds With a my lot very like expensive something. Computers. <laughs> yeah. In water. <laughs> this sounds like, yeah, just put it in a plastic bag. You'll be fine. True. Fair point. Fair point. Um, this sounds a lot like something that would have been on the Red Green Show, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, like, that's true. But like I, if the Red Green Show was filmed in Key West and not Canada. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yeah, that feels pretty Key Western. That's yeah. Cool. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, Seth's eating butt potatoes, and Zach is going to build his own private animal crossing in his backyard. Um, My own private Idaho animal crossing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> Idaho. Uh, Idaho potatoes. 
Wow, we did it. Full circle. Hey. Um, Okay. So uh, (laughs) check out, this is 153. I think I said it already, but check out our, our there's no check it. Check out our, well, I said it again. So sloppy uh, beginning. Check out our Twitter. Mariel works very hard. Um, and I think we should just jump in with uh, Zach's doing a movie. Um, now, Zach, you are smack dab in the middle of your midnight tetralogy. Yep. Uh, I thought I was doing one of those until about three hours ago. Which and, is uh, funny because we recorded a few days ago and we explicitly told you on mic what yeah, you were actually I, doing. I so. did mention I've been doing a lot of drinking. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's fair. Uh, so yep, yep. this was Seth's idea to give you a little bit of a respite from uh, yeah. Also to give us a fucking respite from watching Midnight <laughs> movies. Yeah, yeah, I think you guys are actually getting the raw end of this deal because it sounds like they're all bummers. Yeah. Uh... I mean, Midnight I guess we'll Run wasn't out. a bummer. We just didn't like it that much. Yeah, it's fine. Sure, sure. It's fine. It just yeah. wasn't anything yeah. interesting. This, Midnight Cowboy nice... is good, but oh boy, wow, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, real gut punch. Yeah. Um. So Seth decided, and uh, I agreed mm-hmm. that you needed to get your ass to Mars. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. why don't you tell everybody uh, the name of your of your movie mm-hmm. this week and and your cast? Sure enough. Uh. So, uh. Again, I learned of this three hours ago, having already written. A lot of a midnight movie, and so we kind of off the dome to this one. But uh, so I'm doing the Eyes of Lara Mars, mm-hmm. yes, starring Faye Dunaway, absolute class act. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones, colossal piece of shit. Yeah, uh, that's true, largely. Brad Dorif, super that guy. I think I like him quite a bit. Yeah, um, you the the horror fandom level that I know you are at, I, I feel like you at the very least has to have to respect his career. Yeah, so Chucky was not like my top uh, 10 horror, but like, yes, they, they have made 17 of those mm-hmm. movies, so, you know, that's not for nothing. And also, he's Grima Wormtongue in Lord of the it's Rings, true. so. Oh, yeah, sure enough, okay. And he's in uh, fucking One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He's in a lot of stuff, and he was in oh. that one episode of Star Trek. Yep, that okay, sure. well I'm sure we'll hear more we will hear more about that as you continue with the cast list. Yeah, yeah. speaking of which, um impronounceable mm-hmm. name, uh guy from Star Trek, Rene, I literally wrote it down phonetically, Aubergenois. Well, that was wrong, but like good good cl- It's close. close. I looked up him saying his own name and that's how he said ah, it. Ah, oh, it's, okay. it's higher. Aubergenois. <laughs> Abajola. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. I will never say that of, word again. He's a big like uh, uh, character actor mm-hmm. from the seventies for sure. Yeah, he does true. a lot of theater stuff, from what I could tell from his limited YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. And, and he recently ev- passed, so that's uh, yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, he died uh, maybe two months ago. Um, Whoa, yeah, I think Jesus. Yeah, it was very recent. Also, he he was on a very good episode of It's Always Sunny. Mm-hmm. He uh, was, yeah, so, oh, okay. where he played a theater like doc- D's oh. drama yeah. teacher from high school. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right enough. Uh, and rounding it out, uh, everyone's favorite hot dad, Raul Julia. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gomez, if you're nasty. <sighs> God, he's the also best. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that I mean, one's not, not so fresh, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, like in 1995. Yeah, I mean, yeah. true, but like, still, you know... Wait, was it that close to Family Values? Yeah. Yeah, Family Values is 93, and then his last movie is Street Fighter, and he was like very oh, dying He was definitely being consumed Whoa. from the inside on that one. Oof. Yeah. Did he die of cancer or something? Yeah. Yes, he had stomach oh, cancer. Stomach cancer. Oh yeah. fuck. Yeah, he only did the movie to like get some extra money to leave to his children. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> cool comedy podcast, friends. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this so... is the coronaverse. Comedy is drama, drama is <laughs> comedy. True. Upside yeah. down, inside out. Yep. 
Boy, you turn me. Yeah. I avoid it. I avoided the temptation, but I'm yeah. glad you did. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm in a weird mood today, so. I know. Sorry, sure babe. Sure it's all good. <laughs> anyway, Zach, okay. tell us about yep. uh, the eyes of Lara Mars. Laura. Laura. Like we're watching uh, the Dr. Zhivago movie. I will only be speaking in Raul Julia's voice this entire Did you uh, you said you you were gonna watch Dr. Zhivago recently? Did you ever watch it, Zach? I did not because I I should have known, but it is also three and a half hours long. Oh, it's like, like uh, fucking six if you yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, up until the train in about halfway through the movie, mm. it's incredible. Oh, oh, it declines. That's the second half is not nearly as much like all Russian novels. It is clearly like three (laughs) novels that they just kind of jam together that are loosely tied Mm. together. Anna Karenina. Hey, I'm really digging that so far. Just wait. Although I can't believe that the fucking horse race was at the end of book two of eight. Yeah, dude. That oh, steeplechase, though, is one of my favorite scenes in all of Russian literature. So you said I was I was riveted. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Fru fru, and then the you know. it's almost like it's almost like if Vronsky had ridden fru fru himself before the race and not just had someone train the horse. Maybe this wouldn't have happened. It's almost no. like if he actually were a talented jockey in a steeplechase, he wouldn't have completely fucked everything up like a big huge piece of shit like he is, Count Vronsky. Goddamn yeah. asshole. So the eyes of Laura Yeah, Mars. so the eyes of Laura <laughs> Mars. Or do you yeah. want to do more Actually, Russian literature talk? Because we can. I keep adding the Boy, the article. It's just eyes of Laura Mars. I mean, I don't think that's super important, but... Yeah, hopefully that will yeah. come up, yes. Uh, okay. So this week, boys, we are making art. I've got bad news for you. Oh. Okay. Okay. Um, In stark contrast to the actual movie. Okay. Just a spoiler. <laughs> oh, okay, good, fun. Um, so well, this mm. film is meant to be challenging and a bit disarming. Um, I like that. I, think, I like the sound of that. I, yeah, I think mostly because uh, I think I even mentioned last episode. I very recently watched Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. and that like quote unquote constantly feeling like you're on the edge of a panic attack thing has really stuck with me since that viewing. Right. So yeah. I'm just kind of in that space. Yeah, that might also account for this week a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, as a preface compound eyes uh, like you would find on a fly for instance have tons of smaller photoreceptor units that are somewhat weak by themselves but in combination provide quite powerful full spectrum vision indeed quoted wikipedia so we are going to (laughs) (laughs) we are going to use this as a metaphor for today's movie does somebody get mantis shrimp eyes where they can see in different spectrums I really was trying to go like a weird sci-fi okay. fly yeah. version of this, but it didn't really pay. Oh, okay. it, it is quite a bit different. That was the first um, attempt, then, or something. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Uh, different spectrums is sort of close, though. So, uh, all right. So, Lara played um, throughout this entire character's life by presumably a constantly out of time, but always impossibly classy Faye Dunaway. Uh, has multiple personalities, and rather than switching between them, as I believe is common with this condition. Um, she, they, they sort of bubble up simultaneously and they all see the world in different ways. So you're seeing how this like compound eye thing. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you could be saying, you could perhaps say that whereas most of us only use 10% of our brain. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) She's using her eyes. Yes. Stupid sack of shit. Don't, don't don't bring that. Don't bring that garbage train in here. That Bunk science. Well-known, little-known false facts, yes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so obviously this leads to massive cognitive dissonance for her. Uh, it's of course troubling. Um, so we watch the movie unfold from a first person perspective through her eyes, but with the absolute least trustworthy narrator of all time. So like, so you're seeing are you thinking like different, different filters or what? There's definitely different filters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like visually it looks very differently. Tonally, it's obviously quite different from thing to thing. It Ooh, just depends I like on that. the scene. Are there going to be any like cues for when something switches or is it just going to be constantly switching? I think sometimes it's going to be really abrupt and then sometimes it's like it happens without you noticing. Like it's all over the place for sure. Okay, because some of the personalities will be more similar to each other than others. So Right, like I think part of the fun is hopefully going to be like trying to, it's like a mystery you have to solve constantly and it's always changing. And again, she's like a super um, untrustworthy narrator. You have no idea what's real and what's not. It's like a Salman Rushdie novel right now. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's very similar to to uh, uh, the Satanic Verses, where people are like ah. basically shifting, and you can't trust anybody. Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's on my bookshelf too. Should I read that? I really like Satanic Verses, but uh, you know, it also Salman Rushdie has some major <clears throat> problems, shall we say? But yeah. wasn't somebody famous married to him? Is it yeah, Padma Lakshmi was yeah. for a long time. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he is a troublesome yeah. uh, person. But, I mean, yeah. mid, uh, Midnight's Children and, and, and uh, uh, Satanic Verses are quite good, I believe, in my hmm. in my opinion. I like them because I love magical realism, so. Yeah, yeah. Sure I'm not my jam. super into that. Yeah, well, but, you're, you're, you know. you're, a, you're a, like, realist Americanist boy, so. I'm not a realist. I don't like realism. I'm a romanticist. Mm. That, that checks I out. I feel like I learned a little bit about you, and I understand you better now. I already knew this, <laughs> well, obviously. Seth, I know, knows what I mean when I say romanticism. Zach, I think you might not know the the no. literary version of that but we should get back to your movie. yeah yeah sure <laughs> we're in a weird okay. <laughs> literary corner today so i don't know what's going on there yeah this this does not bode well i um, also quite like sentimental literature that's really fun. interesting it's so fun i am it's so fun. i'm actively i'm a i do love romantic but i hate sentimental even though you know they're reasonably similar but they have different like mm. they have different aims and goals for what they're trying to impart so that's that's for sure true yeah. so back to your movie zach oh, yeah, zach, sure zach's yeah. eyes like much like laura laura mars like eyes. those of laura mars in his film yeah. we're just uh, popping out of his goddamn head right I now do not know what's happening <laughs> okay um, so there's a distinct journey to the narrative mm-hmm. of this movie. Uh, we start at a very early childhood stage, like maybe even birth, I guess. Um, the Many of the differences here are physical in nature because it corresponds with like, you know, babies don't have much cognitive ability. It's basically just like taking everything in in a sensory mm-hmm. kind of way. Um, so one version would like flip night and day where everything's dark and whatever. And like one is all gray tones and then there's like, oh, spazzy, that's like, really interesting. And, yeah. So it's a lot of visual stuff. Um, so the, the range goes from as benign as like slight blurriness to as extreme as like literally missing entire objects. And then they only appear when she like bumps into them or touches them. And so like, she's from this very early sort of fragile state. She is uh, learning that she can't trust her own world and like her own brain and, and mm. is obviously confused by the like shifting nature of everything. That's um, very interesting. I really like that. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking this is going to be as much as I genuinely loathe this movie. It's going to be kind of like the beginning of 2001 where it's like 15 oh, minutes of 2001. like, mm-hmm. I just, 
Oh, I can't. I can see that. how I think Zach, I've said you this. just couldn't stand how boring it is. Yes. It is boring. <laughs> I, I think I've said this on here before. Had I not seen it in a movie theater, I would feel much differently. Yeah. Yeah, if you're, like, committed to it, like, I'm here, I... I think I watched it with my physicist father, so... Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so he gave you that good, good LSD. <laughs> no. No. He just explained the whole thing? The whole Probably. Yeah. Like, I, I can definitely imagine my father explaining, like, how, how you know, the... The, the centrifuge. The centrifuge. Rotational space station, yeah. And, yeah. and what, what uh, Europa was in relation and, and yeah. you know, all sorts of astrophysics shit. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds like it would spice the movie up a little bit. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to do that in the beginning where there's, like, almost no, like, verbal establishment of the universe at all. It's just, like, sensory and you just go along for the ride. Um, in a link later fashion, we are then skipping immediately oh. and abruptly to mid-adolescence. Uh, this is where Lara starts to understand her condition, and the bulk of the struggle is trying to figure out which versions of reality to trust, mm -hmm. and in what way she should sort of combine them. Like, alright, this one seems good, so I'll 80% that, and then, like, something over here is alright. So, so she, I'll like, has control that. to a degree? It's like, it's like, uh, like, if you've ever been to a, an optometrist that has one of those old, old style, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. uh, um, you know... I guess it's testing the strength of your vision, but you flip in right. different lenses and keep and right, adding yeah. them on, that sort of thing, and you can flip them on and off. And It's sort of like that, but in a, like, mental... It's not like a superpower thing. It's like, she can just, like, kind of, yeah, like... Compartmentalize okay, just focus on this one. Yeah, compartmentalize it into a way that makes it functional. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, so she has to make all of her perceptive, quote, units work together to piece together the most accurate version of a, like, ground truth reality. Mm -hmm. And... As, you know, oh like, yeah, this is interesting. Like while we're as the audience trying to figure out what's actually happening, so is she. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and so that's the whole mechanism. Is like we don't have the ground truth either, and so yeah, we're going on the journey with her. Yeah. Um. So uh, then we skip to mid teens. Um. She seems to really start to get a handle on the whole thing. Um. Much like I would imagine, like a blind or deaf person figures out how to navigate the world. Mm -hmm. This is literally all she knows. She was born this way, and so she makes the best of it. It's like. You know, like she doesn't know that other people are not having this experience. Yeah. Essentially. So you're saying that she was born with it and it's not Maybelline? <laughs> nope. As soon as you got it half of that phrase Lady out, Gaga song. I was. <laughs> yep. Very good. Sure. Good job. Um, so <laughs> somehow it seems like the wider range of worlds have converged a little bit, um, and most of the scenes appear to be somewhat close to what the audience imagines an actual reality might be, like the one that we perceive, for instance. Um, in, in keeping with the presumed traditional timeline of human development, uh, there are a bunch of interpersonal moments where Lara starts to realize that, uh, she's sort of individual in this nature. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are also some tough situations where you start to realize that life can just be downright unreasonable. So it's like normal teenage stuff, but with this like added challenge filter kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, then we move on to, uh, later teens. Tommy Lee Jones plays our quote, bad dad character. It's been a while. You're welcome, Eva. Um, <laughs> who... <laughs> Who is uh, married to Renee? Last name? Abergenois. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, who plays our quote good dad character? A thing that does not exist. Um, and Tommy um. is sort of drunk and always frustrated with Lara's situation, like classic bad dad sitch. Mm -hmm. um, he sort of implants in her this feeling of otherness uh, by constantly harping on how hard her situation makes everyone else's life, despite it really not changing anything. Um, like, Tommy again, Lee Jones sort of... is a real piece of shit. 
Yeah, true to uh, life. Yeah. He sucks a bunch. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys keep saying this. What don't I know about Tommy Lee Jones? Oh, he is known to be impossible to work with. Yeah, he's, he's like just okay. a, quite just difficult to work unpleasant with. Yeah. So professionally, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, mm. I don't know about his personal life in any way, shape, or form. Okay. And I was just uh, yeah. adding that all that stuff that Zach was just talking about is a real piece of shit move. Gotcha, mm. gotcha. Yeah. I just wanted to know, like, mm-hmm. I wanted to be in, in the loop on the the the, the TLJ. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. you know, that's all. Yeah. yeah, he's he's old school piece of shit. He's not like sexual assault, new school piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, as far as I know, God knows. No, maybe I mean, he is, but yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know nothing about. We don't him. know. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So he's always harping on this, uh, yeah. how it hurts everybody around here. Yeah, that part it, is a again, real piece of shit move for me. Yeah, but it, it, it doesn't really. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She mostly, like, deals with it herself. And you get that, again, as, like, a first-person view kind of movie. Like, we're experiencing that as well. Um, so uh, we try to make it clear to the audience that the struggle is very internal, again, like what I was just saying. Um, and she genuinely is trying her best to, like, appear normal. And especially in these teen years when that is a thing that pretty much everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so, or the exact opposite in my case. Yeah. Long hair and my It is true. Coat. You either embrace the ponytail or you try very hard not to stand out. <laughs> yeah, my ponytail was a sleeveless denim jacket and fingerless gloves all year long. Man, see, my I was a goth kid for a period, and like yours is still cool today, and mine is super not cool yeah. in any capacity. I'm gonna thank you for saying that, but like, mm, I do really mm. like fingerless gloves, dude. So like, also, you still wear that outfit, and every time you do, we all go, "Fuck, that looks awesome." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, now I know, like, I know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Before, I was just like, it was a costume before. Now it's part yeah, of me. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. You are the evolved Lee, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Self-actualized. Also, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the one I wore yeah. in my youth was enormous on me, and this one is, is actually oh, my yeah. size. I have seen the pictures. You are, like, wearing your dad's suit. It is hilarious, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we move on to early adulthood. Um, we meet an impossibly charming Raul Julia. Mm, who becomes I forgot. A, He's coming. Yeah. Who becomes a, a lover, fucking obviously. Um it's <laughs> it is in this period that Lara really flips and embraces the condition. Uh, so where we contracted the universe before, we're now expanding the range of things, and it like blows up essentially. Yeah, in a very like artistic, um, like sort of, she becomes an artist, like being able right. to interpret the universe in different ways is a very useful trait in that regard. Yeah, and it's like you learn how to like self-express and like mm-hmm. wearing jean jackets and being comfortable in it. Same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so there's like these wild frenetic highs and then like very truly depressing lows. Um, so her and Raul explore the world um, with him largely embracing the unpredictability uh, inherent in her life. Uh, but we do, however, see some genuinely disturbing bits where Raul seems to be downright abusive. Mm-hmm. Um the problem here is, like many abusive people, he then flips uh, into alternating scenes, and uh, you know, the way that Lara perceives things, she's not sure, like, is this real, or, like, am I imagining things because this is oh, my life? Oh, which, like, which part of my brain is imagining right. which and, part of him? Like, is, is yes. the abusive part of him an imagination, or is that the real part of him? Exactly right, it's that. like yeah. the ultimate tool for a gaslighter. Essentially, yeah, and again, the audience is left like not knowing if he's actually of, uh, any of these things or. Right. Yes. Yeah. No one knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um. God yeah. damn, Zach. What the fuck? <laughs> this is good. I love this. I don't know. It's a, yeah, it it got weird this afternoon. 
Um, all right, so uh, moving on, um, we find a middle-aged Lara ended up with a notably less insane Brad Dourif, mm-hmm. um, whose kind of mousy, quiet nature really seems to complement Lara's whole deal quite nicely. Um, his even keel makes it easier for her to navigate the tumultuous realities that are her sort of headspace. Um, the overall tone shifts a bit here, and in a, a sort of general sense of calm seems to have replaced this like nightmare, uh, frenetic, all-over-the-place mm-hmm. nature. That the the high highs had. and the low lows. Yes, mm-hmm. this is like part of the journey. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we see that Lara has adopted uh, some coping mechanisms to help herself navigate these things. Um, there seem to be somewhat simple hallmarks that become familiar to her, and like the like cinematography sort of highlights these, and you start to notice them as well oh, as the that's audience. Interesting, yeah, yeah, and it like comforts her because it's sort of a again like a ground truth, like keystone of oh, I know that that is, or I perceive that to be real, and that you know helps me navigate this whole thing. Um, so uh, this allows her to mentally disregard suspect realities and hone in on the more reasonable ones, which is comforting to all involved. Uh, finally, there is a hospital scene where, for once, everything seems completely normal. There's no trace of the fantasy elements that have been sort of sprinkled throughout the uh, entire movie thus far. We spend several full minutes focused on nothing in particular, just sort of staring at a wall, and we hear her breath slowly deteriorate until it fades to black. That's it. Oof. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most German thing you've ever <laughs> That's yeah, that's that's a good way to Yeah. Is this my inner Werner coming out? <laughs> I know this is a very Eastern European, like new wavy kind of Yeah. Feel. Yeah. Sure. I, I yeah. quite is, that was excellent, Zach. I, I oh, quite like you. it. I this is a movie that I definitely like if I read a synopsis about this movie I would download it and then look at it every month for like 3 years and go I don't think today's the day. <laughs> I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um but then I would watch it and be like, "Oh, that's quite good." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so. yeah. So yeah, that was super great. Uh Thanks. so what do we want to do here right now? I um Zach, I uploaded something to our drive uh it was uh oh. it was uh the opening theme to oh, this God, movie it's a meatloaf song oh if it's a fucking metallica song again i'm gonna be so oh, excited well, it's not it's not um but it it is it's it's kind of a banger it's kind of a banger say. yeah i will say and maybe i don't know if we want to have you listen to it right now but um we want to we hmm we're gonna we'll edit it into the beginning of the episode or, or maybe the end of the episode. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm literally um, watching it right now. Just keep talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it is a theme song by Barbara Streisand. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and I will I'll give this away. She was actually originally cast to play Lara Mars in I, the Faye Dunaway role. Okay, I assume Faye was the leading lady. Here. She is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is the eponymous Laura. Lara. They feel very different uh, as far as like. Well, you should. Tones. It's like it's it makes more sense when you realize that uh, the producer was John Peters, who is uh, kind of infamous for having broken into producing movies by being Barbara Streisand's hairdresser yeah. and like. Okay, I, I was like, I know that name for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is very so, haunting. I um, mean, it's... so while while uh, Barbara sang this, uh, who do you, yeah. who do you think the composer of all the music for this movie is? Are you? fucking kidding me <laughs> i mean it's john carpenter obviously <laughs> uh no actually it was a guy named Artie kane uh oh. he's kind of uh but what about the person who directed this movie <laughs> yeah who who would you think directed this movie zach i can't imagine john carpenter directed and did not score uh the same movie but like john carpenter 
No, wrong. No, wrong, actually, stupid. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's 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 Irving Kirshner, the director of Empire Strikes Back. Oh actually. yeah, that's a famous name. Yeah, okay. yeah this yeah. was his his movie um, right but before who do you Empire think wrote Strikes this Back. movie, Zach? <laughs> I, I, well, I, I thought we were friends. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> so this movie was uh, written by John Carpenter. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I Although feel I will... like we have even talked about this movie now that you said that because there was probably. Like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, okay. Well, and there's so like I, I will say this uh, just since we we've gotten to that reveal. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, I, sorry, I, I jumped I'm the gun. I so got excited. Glad... No, I for... this no, is I... exactly the right time. I felt that there was a reveal coming, and I thought that the Eyes of Lara Mars was the subtitle for some bullshit midnight movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that gotcha. Been, that would have been, <laughs> been, yeah. been good. Very good. Would have been good. Um. No, uh, I will say this uh, about Carpenter. This was he made this um, before he was famous obviously oh, okay. um it does seem and, older than most of the stuff based on the yeah people involved yeah well he so he wrote a screenplay just called eyes um and he says oh. that they changed a great deal of uh what he wrote including hmm. the um the ending um oh interesting that, well and i'll, I'll say like including the identity of the killer because we'll give you this short summary yeah. oh, very wow. shortly Ooh, um but that's, that's kind of so a good he, thing to change okay yeah yeah so they mm-hmm. changed a lot of the screenplay and it was like right he sold it and then partially uh financed halloween with the money he made from mm-hmm. this so. okay that worked out pretty well then <laughs> which then launched his career <laughs> yeah, yeah, like sure enough yeah <laughs> Uh, right, so do you want the uh, IMDb one-sentence summary? I sure do. Yeah, so this is a 1978 film. Um, okay. A famous fashion photographer develops a disturbing ability to see through the eyes of a killer. Oh. So you actually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, sort of thematically, <laughs> where it's like right. you're yeah. seeing the world yeah. in a different way, and it's it's very disturbing, but also, yeah. So, okay, so 78, uh, Empire was, what, 81? 80. Yeah, 80. 80. So was this the last thing that Kirshner did before Empire? Yeah. Yes. Is it incredible and thus they gave him Empire for this? Or? It's very... I liked it a it's lot. A okay. pretty, um, it's a pretty good movie, honestly. I have some... Okay. I do have some thoughts about him as a director for this and actually for Empire that we can talk about Absolutely. later. Because I think me and Seth already discussed this. But yeah, sure. It's, yeah. I mean, this sounds dark as fuck and Empire is uh, clearly the darkest of the OG3. True. So, yeah. yeah. Um, So would you like a slightly longer summary? Certainly, yeah. Uh, Faye Dunaway is a fashion photographer, although like she's breaking into the the, like actual art world in this movie. So you've got the artist portion right as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) And she does a lot of like her art is all like photography that is supposed to be like um, really sexualized and violent versions of advertising is like oh. that's at least the thing that she's working on while we yeah. start so the movie like okay. most of her film or most of her pictures look like murder scenes yeah that's like classically disruptive that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so also what's going on with her is every once in a while she gets these flashes where she's seeing things that are not there and what she's seeing are people she knows getting murdered um, that also sounds quite a bit like my movie. <laughs> yeah. <weird>. yeah. <laughs> okay. And they keep happening okay. throughout the movie. Um, so I'll really breeze through. Tommy Lee Jones is the cop that at first doesn't believe her and also thinks her art is like garbage. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the movie, they fall in love. Yep. Um, oh, well, right. I just sent you a picture uh, of young Tommy Lee Jones from this. Who looks remarkably like current day Tommy Lee Jones. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just... Why are there so many... Ri- Whoa! Oh, my God. Yeah. He looks... 
I mean, the face is there. The hair is. Well, the hair is wild. He's got a Dorothy Hamill going on for a (laughs) bunch of this movie, and it is (laughs) buck wild to think of Tommy Lee Jones with a Dorothy Hamill haircut. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's got the same scowl for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Um, yeah, his face has been creased since the moment he was born. He's he's been smelling a fart since the late (laughs) sixties. Yeah, it's it's Al Gore farted in their dorm room ever since then. They were roommates, if you didn't know that. But yeah. At Harvard, I yeah. I feel like we talked about that. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, Renee is her manager, more or less. Who is um, fabulous. Yes, yep. his wardrobe in this movie is amazing. Mm. Uh, the, the wardrobes in this movie are incredible. Most um, of this movie is incredible, uh, honestly. But <laughs> True. I mean, other than, um, uh, well, some parts. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. Raul Julia plays her ex-husband, who okay. uh, was dating one of the people who gets murdered. Um Oh. And he is maybe has been abusive in the past. Mm-hmm. Like it's anyway. So he keeps popping in and out of the movie. So, um, the so police are looking for him, and you know. So there is an actual like physical connection between murder stuff and her. Yes. Yes. She knows. Every, she has known oh, every single victim, oh, okay, okay. but has alibis oh. every single time. Yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, Brad Dourif is her driver, who's like an ex-con, and that's like one of the things in the movie is like maybe it's just as simple as this guy is a violent criminal. It was um, the seventies. <laughs> that's yeah. That's he the, ends up constant. Well, go ahead. Um, then I'll. Stop. Yeah. He he ends up. I'll, and I'll ruin this, but he ends up getting shot by uh, Tommy Lee Jones, like when they're chasing him because they've seemingly been able to tie him to one of the other murders, yeah, and he runs. You know, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing is this movie is nothing but red herrings. You like, you constantly mm-hmm. they it does such a spectacular job of making you think any given character might be the killer. Sure. It's really, That's really fun, fun in that regard. Yeah, we were actually, yeah. we were guessing. By the end of the movie, we it, it got us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit, okay. I had, uh, yeah, by yeah. the end, I definitely thought it was somebody other than who it turned out to be, so. Wow. So did John Carpenter, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do wonder what, what uh, Johnny Carps thought. <laughs> because the ending is like i think the exact right ending for oh, this movie but... i agree okay. well that's, anyway that's good i'm glad they didn't ruin it at least yeah yeah um there's a bunch of like models and and other type fashion people in the movie so like lots of great outfits there's a lot of like um actual photo shoot sequences that are really terrific mm-hmm. okay. um like cool. car accident Which... photo shoots um things like yeah. that oh right because that's her whole thing yeah, yeah. that's fun mm-hmm. Ooh, I do like um, a good crash. <laughs> I do too. Um, <laughs> we know it's so. So the whole movie is is supposedly like uh, inspired by Italian giallo horror movies. Um, oh, so really heightened reality. Really like lots of characters. Um, it's really intense. It was so one of the things, and we we'll talk about this when I get to the end. But like, mm. I I just don't think the color palette is right for this um, kind no, of movie. It's but... so it's it's so like drab yeah it's 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 so taupe it's so like (laughs) this movie is beige yeah um it's not nearly visually like all the things that happen are visually striking in the correct way but like the colors. i think i think it needed more loud colors yes um anyway the ending uh i'll just jump right to it because throughout the movie we just see like People getting killed, Laura seeing things happening, her deteriorating and being terrified, but also falling in love. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Sure. Renee also dies. Um, you know, as he's dressed as her to like, so she can escape somewhere. Yeah, she's trying. She's she's being like tailed by all like a bunch of different cops. Uh, just they they mm -hmm. still think she's the one doing the murders. No. I don't oh. think at any point they I think, think at this point yeah. because she always has an alibi. She wasn't. Yeah. I think oh, okay. that uh just like she needs to escape, you know, the 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 watchful eye of Big Brother for a second and so she convinces Renee at his birthday party to dress up as her so she can slip out the back. Just just oh, just okay. to be with herself with her own thoughts for just a goddamn second. This thing seems mm -hmm. very uh, unpleasant in a mental capacity. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And of course, yeah. he gets murdered then. Well, yeah. Seems to be a theme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. the end of the movie is uh, Tommy Lee Jones shows up to let her know that uh, they got Brad Dourif, and it seems very clear that it was him. Mm -hmm. And that's when we find out that he has a dual personality. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Uh huh. No kidding. <laughs> yep. Which wow. they only really seed in the first scene, because in the first scene when she interacts with them, he's like, "Your work is trash. Like this is despicable." And then for the rest of the movie, he's not like he's that. Very so, like, out... He's very like he's very supportive, and he's very like, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, cop on the beat sort of thing. He's very logical, but yeah. That that seems it, uh, so subtle to the point of like it may not have even been intentional. Mm. I, don't I don't I don't know because like mm. he he's always where he would need to be to be the killer. So like they don't like fake sure. it that way. Mm. Like it is it is kind of fun when the cop ends up being the killer too. Yeah, mm -hmm. you and, never like go to them first. And from like a like a cinematography standpoint, anytime that he's as the as the I guess we would call him the evil the evil personality. It's always shot in a mirror, mm -hmm. oh, right? Which is really, okay. I think, really well well done. Like it sounds cheesy and hackneyed, but I thought it was actually really well done in this. Yeah, and yeah. you don't really pick up on it necessarily. Yeah, until because the there's a lot happens. of fucking mirrors because it's the late '70s, and there are fucking mirrors <laughs> literally everywhere. Where are you gonna do all your cocaine? Yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> Uh, uh, that is, then, I do love those details where it was around the whole time, and then you notice at the end, and you go back mentally through the movie, and you're like, "Holy yeah, shit!" Yeah. yeah, and the the mirrors are one of the things that I think really works for the trying to to look like an Italian horror sure. film. Oh. Like the yeah. the mirrors for sure play are really really help that Agreed. out. Um, yeah, but yeah. like he he attacks the evil version of him attacks the good version of himself in the mirror, and but before that happens, like the good version is like, "Hey, I need you to like just kill just me, just shoot me, like and, I gave you this uh, gun, oh, shoot yeah. me." Whoa! Because he gave her a gun to protect her herself, and then yeah, he he delivers a monologue about like his tortured upbringing, and like mm -hmm. uh, apparently Tommy Lee Jones wrote the monologue on set, oh, yeah, like oh, that... off the cuff, sort mm -hmm. of writing it. Mm -hmm. Which is that sounds terrible, pretty but, pretty mm -hmm. cool actually. It's a decent monologue. Yeah, it's fine. Was he famous at this point? What director goes like, oh yeah, just whatever you want. Irving Kirshner. Well, that's the thing about Irving <laughs> Kirshner, and we can get into that. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but then the end, she kills the cop, and she calls nine one one, and she's like, I, I had an intruder. I had to I had to shoot him. He's dead. Like, and that's uh, okay. the end of the movie. Like, huh. oh, one of the other things is the police are questioning her before we even know that her friends are getting killed they're questioning her because some of these recent murders uh or not some of them, some of her art actually matches crime scene photos oh, from in like... fact that's that's a pretty consistent thing is that mm. her her like art photo shoots match crime scenes from like cold cases from from like a couple from years like five earlier. years earlier yeah 
Whoa, neat. And they're always which then, of course, the implication is that Tommy right. Jones did that as well. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, and he must be but getting nervous often... now that like these are showing up, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, there's like a temporal yeah. issue there because like she shoots these pictures, you know, uh, you know, five years after the murder occurred, and so there's some kind of like psychic connection sort of thing, I think. But it's not. It's never made explicit, oh. and it's never as like cheesy and corny as that. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's there. So I have to interrupt. Are you wearing your Slam Evil ring right yeah, now? Yeah, I am. He is. I noticed that as well. <laughs> You're the best. Love it. I love it. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so that's sorry. that's the eyes of Laura Mars, a movie that we enjoyed. Yeah. I, that honestly sounds pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We watched it together, yeah. sort of. Oh. Mm-hmm. As fun. together as we can be in the coronaverse. Oh, yeah. Sure. Over over vid chat. Yeah, that's always good. Okay. Um, I think this has come up a bunch, so we should Let's probably talk just about jump that. Talk about Irving. Oh Kirchner. yeah, right on. Do you want to go first? No, no, or... it's it's Does... you. This is your. This is your. This is not Does... my circus, not so... my monkeys. This is yours. <laughs> okay. Before you go, uh, does he have other things? What I need to set the stage for this human. I mean, like he directed the that that off-brand James Bond movie, Never Say Never Again, with Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh, the one that doesn't count. Yeah, we talked yeah. about that. The one that the back, the, yeah. the movie that is Thunderball, but made in the eighties. Yeah. yeah um, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, no, it literally it's it's MGM won the rights to remake Thunderball. Yes. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Pretty fucked up. Um, it's weird. Uh, (laughs) he made some stuff in the seventies, like so. His whole thing is, and I think actually the Never Say Never Again plays into this too. Oh, 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 he made RoboCop Mm two. Yes, um, he did. Much later. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) So like he oddly becomes this genre director, and the whole reason he got hired for Empire was, um, I think George Lucas took a class that he taught at uh in film Mm -hmm. school, and he was like, you know how to direct actors. You know how to get the best character performance out of people. Hmm. And what I want for the sequel to Star Wars is for people to get to know the characters. I mean, okay, yeah. And like like you said, ad-libbing, like famously, I Love You, I Know was an ad-lib. Right, oh, exactly. He should, and he yeah, lets his, he like he, can direct his actors to be able to do that sort of thing it seems okay like he is in at different times in his career got like butted heads with producers and stuff because he runs way over because he just wants he's not like one of those people that like kubrick where he's like a thousand takes until it's perfect yeah. he's like we're gonna do as many takes as we want until it feels like you did it naturally burning like, film on nothing a lot of the time yeah sure. yeah right, right. yeah <laughs> yeah so like my whole thing with kirshner is like he's this guy who's built to direct small things like his whole style is incredibly i'm going to direct exactly intimate i'm going to direct people and here he is directing all these genre movies for some reason people keep hiring him to direct these big genre movies i mean i guess yeah this one seems pretty big empire yeah this is like a weird (laughs) supernatural mystery like crime movie Right. Based off of a really over the top style of filmmaking. Right. Based right, right, based right, off right. of that that Italian Yeah. So like well, But to yeah. be fair, like I mean it's like so sci fi for instance, like character development and like giving a shit about the characters in general is a thing that a lot of bad sci fi lacks. So like maybe that is what the doctor ordered for that kind of shit. Like, it is, and I, I totally and I think it's perfect for that movie, especially sure. when you consider that so much of that movie are just bottle episodes. Mm-hmm. Like 
Well, the set. Think about the sets of Empire Strikes Back. How small they are yeah. for for most of. And the there's movie. a lot of like two people having a very serious moment kind of stuff. Yeah, Empire, for sure. So. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So like all of those things really work about this movie. But yeah, I yeah. think what he loses when he goes into these big genre movies is like this. You have two slam evil rings on now, Seth. That's <laughs> wonderful. Um, I um, hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't uh, actually know where the third one this is. This is this is potatoes all over again. <laughs> yeah. Potatoes uh, all the way down, the, the, fellas. The, the, yeah. the thing about it that that I think just doesn't necessarily work as well as I want it to is like he misses out on the parts of it that need to be big because he doesn't care about it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's tough. Yeah, you need some spectacle for stuff like this. Yeah, and like there there's idea. a couple like spectacular bits in that regard, like the sure. for instance some of the photo shoots. The photo shoots okay. it nails it like it all looks that right, way. but yeah, it yeah. still it still ultimately seems like f- far too far too close. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. yeah, this movie's too quiet for its, it's own. It's too good quiet. It doesn't have points. it doesn't have a major like. There's not a lot of background music. There's not big like music cues. For instance, there's not a synth heavy score. I was gonna like, say what the fuck. It sounds perfectly score, on brand, <laughs> yeah. which is all I care about. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. obviously. <laughs> Uh, it's good though. Um, sure, I mean it sounds one, engaging. Yeah. yeah, I had one other thing. Um, so Faye Dunaway apparently like worked with an actual fashion photographer for a while to like figure out how I should behave when I'm doing she, photo shoots. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Day like Lewis, that. and, and they fun. actually ended up getting married. Whoa! No yep. kidding. Oh, that's well, fun. and then divorced yeah. years later. But like, she's had a couple husbands, as I recall. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. Yeah, I mean, my my biggest thing for this movie is just just how many red herrings there are, and I really yeah, I, mean, I, I I I love a mystery movie that that fools me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and like you could say like oh, split personality was the cop the whole time is kind of like a cheap out, but it doesn't it feel doesn't that way seem when you... as yeah, it doesn't seem shitty. In that regard. I mean, also, like, manifestly, if it snuck up on you guys and you were surprised, then it worked, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, I constantly, like, I remember every, like, maybe every 15 minutes, me saying to Lee here, oh, yeah, that's the killer. (laughs) Yeah, we were, like, so sold on Raul Julia, and then we're like, wait a minute, is it Renee? Is it it Renee? And is it, like, a psycho homage because he's wearing women's clothing, or? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. It, it, is it, or is it, is it, you know, the actual criminal? Or did it turn out to be just the obvious one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or like there were other characters that I didn't bring up. Like there's a lot of models. There's a lot of models. And there's, there's a, yeah. one of the one of the guys in the movie. One of the characters in the movie is the boyfriend of one of the models, and they kind of see it like maybe it was him at one yeah, point. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. Like, so there's also like minor characters that keep popping up yeah. as possibilities. Yeah, right. so like it's super well done in that regard. I I really yeah. really I enjoy that ride. And then of course I enjoy when I know the result of a movie to watch it again and see you know oh how God, well they yeah. did it. Especially this kind of movie. Oh, that's the yeah. Best. So like yeah. Knives mm-hmm. Out, for instance, is a good example. Fuck, we just watched that too. That movie 
fucking rules. It was so Yeah, I've so seen it twice good. now, and it was still great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Despite, um, what's-his-butt's accent. No, that is atrocious. Uh, yeah, he's uh, terrible. His southern accent is total trash. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I just, I'm so happy to live in a, in a movie universe where Daniel Craig isn't, yeah. like, isn't, like, dragging his ass through, like, okay, I guess I gotta jump off something. Yeah. Right. Oh, I gotta shoot yeah. two guns at the same time. All right. Right, because mm-hmm. I can totally aim them. Um, yeah. Yeah, but no, that movie fucks though. Oh, yeah, so nice. like what I, what I'm saying is like this is this is like great yeah. when when because I often, as you guys well know, I predict the ends of movies far before the end of them. <laughs> consistently, that's a natural thing to do, I think. Yeah, but I couldn't. I didn't predict this one at all, and I really really yeah. enjoy that. And I don't think it was a cheap cop out. So there we go. Yeah. That's fun. Also, I think um, Faye does a great job selling this mm-hmm. movie too, because it's it's like this very easily can she slides into being like, for lack of a better term, hysterical at certain yeah. points, but it uh, doesn't yeah. feel like a a low budget horror movie, like a woman, yeah, like running away from a killer, hysterical. She seems like somebody who her sanity keeps getting challenged, and people around her are dying, and it's it's it seems like a very sure. earned version of losing your grip yeah, yeah. um and so it's probably because she's is a this really a good actress movie or is this like, a mystery like what would we call I think this? it's both yeah okay. okay we don't like see a lot of it's them like a, it's like a neo-noir sort of situation too yeah because you have like a gumshoe like and that shit yeah, yeah. but yeah man i I really want to know what Carpenter's version was. <laughs> that is like Me the too. One I'm very thought. curious. <laughs> I do. I do, and I don't, because like you guys well, know, yeah. Carpenter's my favorite director, and it's yeah. like, do I really want to know about his worst version where, of a movie? Where it was that's just really the model's good. boyfriend at the end, and you're like, ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, are we ready to? Is that like money is pretty forgettable no, I mean, because it's like? I mean, money. It made. Money. Yeah, it's a like, budget it's of seven million, and it yeah. made twenty million. Like it's you know oh, respectable not bad yeah mm-hmm. especially in 78 but um right so the is when they used to make movies for like cheap. right well, yeah of course so the uh the imdb rating is a 6.2 with 8358 votes wow not huge okay yeah um so yeah we'll go for it lee do you want to go first or should i yeah i'll go right. first um I'll say the original. I mean, we talked about it at length. It's good. It's good. Um, 6.2 is definitely too mm-hmm. low. Um, it's not incredible. There's definitely things about it I didn't love. Were there, um, not to interrupt, were there accolades for this? Like, was this uh, acclaimed in any way? Or this just happened to launch uh, Kirshner's career? I'm really aware of, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I think like some people like yeah i mean it it, <laughs> it, it was the Sounds movie like it, yeah. that made lucas decide to hire kirshner which for sure. for empire so like that's a thing well maybe it oh, this didn't in particular but it's still like it was a contributor to to this is like hey i can make a a, a genre movie. right yeah, yeah. so basically okay. i can make both a a character and actor driven movie and a genre movie and Lucas, who's kind of shitty in a like a lot of stuff as <laughs> not a director, known for good taste. Yep, <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah this man, not, not terrific director for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, I think that may be the ultimate legacy is that it convinced Lucas to, or it, it was contributing to convincing Lucas to do Empire, 
with this hey, director. Yeah. So if it got us current actual empire, fucking right on yeah. ten, ten, ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, we we all know this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, it looks like it won some like costume guild awards I and can things see that. like that. Yeah. Uh, which, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's it's literally about. about like fucking fashion models. <laughs> like, but, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. People um, are voguing okay, so... everywhere before voguing was a thing. No, wow, not, not started really, that. That would be good. <laughs> yeah, Madonna stole it from two places. Yeah. It turns out. Um, so <laughs> the gays in this no. movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the real, honestly, this is a damn good movie. Uh, Seven point nine. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Zach, uh, 10. Like, oh, was, fuck me. All right. <laughs> you made a, you made the kind of movie that would win, like, all the awards at foreign film festivals, and then, like, no one in the U.S. would watch it. Yeah. But, like, we would, yeah. we would have to, we would do well at Cannes, and then we'd have to, like, sneak it in for Oscar bait, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then You'd it would win, win like, the, yeah. the Palme d'Or and the, and, and the Golden Lion in, uh, in Venice, and, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Right. And then, and then you get, like, and get cinematography. Not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, or sound so. editing. Sound editing. Not that those <laughs> yeah, are important, no, yeah. but like, or yeah. You, yeah. sound editing, sound mixing would be real important in your movie. Yeah. It would, yeah. It would be very delicate for sure. And the minor technical <laughs> awards, like writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched that episode of Futurama two days That's ago. A very good episode. Um, oh, dear. Cool. <laughs> That's lobstertainment. Yeah. That's lobstertainment. It's quite good. Um, so, uh, Zach, for me. I'm gonna do your original first, and or okay. yours, not the. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do oh. the original Eyes of Laura Mars first. Okay. And yeah, so I like a movie that tricks me, and I like a movie yeah. that clearly sets evidence up. So I'm gonna give this a an eight. Oh boy. Um. As for you, Zach. No other part. But Zach, um, I Doctor, you know, I I like your challenging yet disarming film. Um, I wow, it's it just like there are a couple of moments where you were going through your description where I was like, oh yeah, this really really fucking works, and I am very excited to get this. So you know what, Zach, you get a ten. What the fuck? Ooh. Oh my god, it has been a long time, this- friends. I really, really like this. Like the 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 fact about parsing reality and having to car- compartmentalize, you know, what is real, what is not, and then interacting with fucking Raul Julia, just dicking you over for a little <laughs> while, and like the evolution as you get through this and you become comfortable with yourself. Oh, there's yeah. so many metaphors that you could squeeze out of this bitch. Mm. So many. It's I know. for me. I that's that's like ooh, that's a spicy. <laughs> meatball. I do wanna. <laughs> I would love to say though, um, my ten is contingent on you promising that none of your uh, sequences will be blue filter dependent. I can't with the yeah, blue. Yeah, no, <laughs> god damn it! It's a bit overdone. No, we we're better than that. Yeah, no, yeah. none of that. Was this fucking traffic? Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, no day for night yep. either. Eh, I don't mind. I don't mind day for or night. night for day, I, I mind I digital day for night. Yeah. I'm imagining all these filters being like way more extreme than yeah, these kinds I, of things. Yeah, as well <laughs> they should be. Otherwise, I'm rescinding yeah. your ten. Also, right, like they yeah. have to be. It, it's the only yeah. thing that conveys the whole yeah. feeling. Yeah. No, and yeah, god damn, that was great. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, that Thanks, it was a spectacular idea. 
<laughs> what a what a lovely what a lovely t- time at the cinema. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is truly it, cinema. It it, it uh, very well sums up like where I'm at in the universe, and where I think we're all at in the universe right now. <laughs> we're just like I don't know what's looking, real anymore, man. Looking at the same t- at the same thing constantly, but it all it has to look different, yeah, otherwise otherwise you it. lose it. Yep. Yeah, no, I think that is yeah. that is so studios that are definitely not listening to this. <laughs> hire us to be your screenwriters yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and then buy the rights to the title the eyes of lara mars although i guess oh. we could you know just call we it could anything call it like but... the lara, eyes lara of, of <laughs> zach fart noise like yeah i'm fine with that yeah i'll right? license my my fake name to that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could, this, uh, this wouldn't be bad all right well thanks friends uh yeah, yeah that was a fun one um seems pretty good but I super uh, loved the right. movie. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Much appreciated. Uh, next week, we have a um, friend of the show, Erica, coming back to do uh, quite a famous movie. Mm-hmm. Let me take a deep breath. Here we go. Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Speaking of Kubrick from earlier. Yeah, yeah. sure enough. There we go. I watched this movie for the first time recently, and it was a mm-hmm. pleasant surprise. I'm probably going to watch it later tonight. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. I I don't know when I'm gonna watch it, but I've seen it a yeah, lot. I know. So. I was I, gonna I mean, not watch it, it again, and then yeah. I was like, I think I am gonna watch it again. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. So okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, until then, I'll watch what Laura Mars is watching with her eyes. Oh. No, that was mm-hmm. shit. <laughs>